boys and girls. This is Miss Kathy. We're in the middle of the Christmas season, and we thought we'd bring you some stories from Guide's Greatest Christmas Stories. After the Christmas season, we'll be returning to our regularly scheduled shoebox mystery books. Christmas is a special time of year, a time to celebrate the birth of baby Jesus, who was born in a stable. Shepherds, after being serenaded by angels, rushed over to find the baby lying in a manger. Wise men, carrying gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, followed a bright star until it led them to the baby king. What about you? Will this Christmas bring you closer to Jesus? I hope so, and I hope that the Jesus of Christmas will live in your heart throughout the year. Helen Lee Robinson, Editor The Rescue of Mr. Christmas by Josephine Cunnington Edwards It was back in the horse and buggy days that the old Evergreen School stood on the four corners not a mile from the little village of Peepersville. The school had two classrooms. Miss Vance taught the primary room, and Mr. Templin had the big upstairs room where the older students went to classes. Since there were no school buses, the children walked to school. There was a pump out in front where the children could get water when they were thirsty, and at the back of each room was a table on which sat a water bucket, and in the cloakroom off to one side was a long shelf where the children kept their lunch pails. Most of the students walked a long distance to get to school, so by lunchtime they were really hungry. Each room was heated by a stove. In the winter, the children would bring big scrubbed potatoes and put them on top of the stove. There were often as many as ten to twelve potatoes roasting on the stove. The caper children, however, often had nothing for lunch except a soda biscuit with a limp piece of meat hanging out of it. The teacher felt sorry for Minnie and Rob and would sometimes share her sandwich with the two ragged children. It was on the Monday morning before Thanksgiving that Minnie came to the front of the room, smiling shyly. She held a package wrapped in an old paper sack. Although most of the children felt sorry for little Minnie with her old, washed-out dresses, her socks with holes, and her old, run-over shoes, some of them, especially Roger, made fun of her. She sometimes cried out on the playground when Roger would call her Ragbag and other names. "'For shame, Roger,' Louise had said once. "'Better not let Miss Vance hear you.' And after that, little Minnie stayed close to Louise on the playground." On this Monday morning, Minnie shyly undid the old paper bag and pulled out a round tin candy box. It had a colorful picture of a stagecoach with horses and a large house with holly wreaths and Christmas trees showing from the windows. "'Miss Vance,' she said almost in a whisper, "'Mother was cleaning the attic and found this pretty box. She said I could bring it to you.' Little Minnie heard the snicker from Roger's side of the room. The teacher heard it too, and she was determined that little Minnie would not be ridiculed. She knew that Roger was perfectly capable of whispering to the little girl, You dummy, giving the teacher an old, empty box. Putting her arm around the little girl, Miss Vance said in a kind voice, Why, Minnie, this is just the thing I need to tell everyone what I've been thinking about. Put away your books, everyone, and listen to a story I have to tell you. Miss Vance laid the pretty box on the corner of her desk, where everyone could see it. Several times a week, the ragman goes past my house in the village, Miss Vance said, and I can't help noticing his old horse. It is so thin and so weak, I doubt whether it will live very long. The other day, the man had such a heavy load on the cart that the wheels were all leaning outward. That poor horse with sores on its back and a swollen leg could hardly pull the heavy load. The ragman beat the poor old creature and shouted and yelled. A woman told the man he was wicked for treating the horse so badly. One man said he would report him. First ten dollars anyone hands me will buy this old bag of bones,' he shouted. "'He's no good. That's the reason I beat his hide. He won't work.' 
The room was quiet as Miss Vance paused and picked up Minnie's box. Boys and girls, let's use this lovely box Minnie gave me as a treasure chest. Let's buy the ragman's horse and give it a good Christmas. It may be the last Christmas of its life. Jonathan held up his hand. I've heard about that man, he said. He's mean. My father said he was put in jail once for beating his own son. The boy had to be taken to the hospital. I'm sure he can be very cruel, Miss Vance answered. One look at his old horse told me that. I'll bring some money, several of the children said at once. But Miss Vance said that they shouldn't burden their parents. Instead, we must earn the money ourselves and have enough to take care of the horse through the winter. We can make it our project. If it lives, Jonathan said skeptically, but I guess it's more likely to live if we take good care of it and let it rest. That's what I think, the teacher said thoughtfully. Do you think we can fill this candy box full of money before Christmas? A shout of approval greeted her words. I'm sure there must be some farmer who will let the old horse live in his barn if we pay his board. Won't it be nice to give it just one happy Christmas? Little Minnie held up her hand. Let's name him Mr. Christmas, she said quietly. Everyone agreed. Then they began to think of ways they could earn the money. I have popcorn I've raised. We can pop some and sell it here at school. I think the older kids will buy some, Louise suggested. Let's prepare a really good Thanksgiving program and take up a collection for Mr. Christmas, another child suggested. And let's have a sale here at the school and sell stuff we don't need anymore. My mom will give something. She was saying the other day she wished she knew what to do with a lot of stuff that's stored up in our attic, Perry said. The children decided to do everything that was suggested. They worked hard on the program and began bringing things to the school to sell. The whole corner next to the west windows was full. Each time someone put money into Minnie's treasure chest, the little girl beamed for joy. Doing good makes us happy, doesn't it? Miss Vance asked when they looked in the box one noon and found it half full of pennies and nickels. The children were excited about preparing for the best Thanksgiving program they had ever had. There was someone practicing at the piano or in the cloakroom before school, during recess, at lunchtime, and after school each day. Some of the children went and solicited items to sell, and Miss Vance began to wonder whether they would sell even half of the things they had collected. At last, the big night came. The schoolyard was full of wagons, buggies, and rigs of all kinds. Little Minnie could not stay away from her box. She had on a red dress that no one had seen before, except her teacher, and her hair was combed with pretty red ribbons tied onto her braids. She had a little smile on her face. Miss Vance had made her the treasurer, and she was to put the money in the tin box. I brought another one, she whispered to the teacher. I don't think one will hold all the money. The big classroom was full of parents and friends of the school. They proudly watched the program. There had never been a better one. Then came the sale, and there was a surprise, for the Mission Society of the church in town brought out pies and cakes and sold them by the piece. We want a hand in rescuing this Mr. Christmas, the leader told Miss Vance with a smile. We don't want the children to do it all. The sale was a huge success. It looked as though they were going to have a sellout, and people did not want to leave. Minnie was right. They did need another box. An old farmer stopped to talk to Miss Vance as he was going out the door. I reckon you and the children are going to get to buy that old nag like you've been wanting to do, he said. Now I'll offer you barn space, and when spring comes, it can live in my pasture. I'm near enough so the children can come by and see Mr. Christmas whenever they want to. The children gladly accepted the offer, and they circled around the teacher's desk to see how much they had earned at the program. Little Minnie stood there watching proudly. Miss Vance, Jonathan said, his voice trembling with excitement, we have $142.16.
Just think, boys and girls, Miss Vance said, her eyes gleaming with happiness. This is the last night Mr. Christmas will have to stay in that old tumble-down Baxter barn. The next day, several of the big boys went along to get the horse. Because he was so weak, it took a long time to walk him to his new home. There were more children waiting at Mr. Pettibone's barn to welcome the poor creature. His stall was as clean as willing hands could make it, and there was a thick layer of clean straw on the floor when he got through drinking the cool water Roger had pumped for him. Many of the children had brought oats and corn, and Mr. Pettibone told them that he wouldn't let Mr. Christmas go hungry. James had a big tin of axle grease, and he got busy applying it to all the sores on the horse's bony back. My father said that this would start him on the road to getting well, he said. As soon as he was through, Peter put a horse blanket on Mr. Christmas to keep him warm. My dad said we could have this extra one for our horse. The children didn't want to go home. Old Mr. Christmas had probably never in all his life had so much to eat, nor so much love. He was fed lumps of sugar, which he had never tasted before. He had apples piled up in his feed bin, which he ate in between crunching bits of corn and oats, and little Minnie gave him a carrot. By Christmas, Mr. Christmas had given everyone a huge surprise. He was so well and so frisky that Mr. Pettibone wanted to buy him. I ain't got a better horse, he said. You can still come to see him, but you can use your money to do more good in the world. And that is what they decided to do. They called the money they put in the bank the Mr. Christmas Fund. Let's find someone to help every year, James suggested. And that is exactly what they did. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Christmas Stories, a compilation from various writers for Guide magazine, edited by Helen Lee Robinson and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. As our special gift to you, we will be sharing one of these stories every day between now and Christmas. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. 